Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me, as well as giving me the activities of my limbs. Now, today is Tuesday. Now, yesterday I did not do a show because I wanted to honor the holiday in regards to Memorial Day. And for those that have served in all of our branches of the military, I want to say thank you for your service, your commitment, those soldiers that have fallen, that we have lost, let's also keep them in prayer as well as their families. So I wanted to make sure we acknowledge that yesterday was Memorial Day. Even though many families and many individuals celebrated and honored Memorial Days in a variety of ways. So now today is Tuesday, and like I said, this is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch where you receive biblical teachings from someone I call in, maybe, and myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now, with this topic today, I always say that the topics are interesting, but I got a lot of confirmation as it relates to this topic. And I want to thank my auntie, my loyal supporter, Samantha, who also celebrated her birthday, and I couldn't be there, but You know, she brought 60 in with a bang, so I am not mad at her. So when we talk about these different things, celebrating, honoring family, today's topic is entitled Unfriending Toxic Relationships. Now, we talk about unfriending. Somebody might say, Jeanette, what does that have to do with Christ or, you know, talking about something that's biblical? And one of the things that came up to my mind was, Are you your brother's keeper? And what do that really mean? A lot of times we start talking about relationships. How do we even form relationships or friendships? You know, I remember, and I want to say, just over the weekend, I was with my previous, my uncle, still kind of my uncle. And I went because he gave a little get-together and he was cooking and people know, and you say food, Jeanette, go be there. And I was. And I, was, I spent time with him, his family, his church family, as well as one of my childhood friends from elementary school. And I had not seen him in over 40, maybe 43 years. I think we were in the sixth grade the last time we saw each other. And we really had a really good time eating, catching up, playing dominoes, playing bid with. And I enjoyed it because when we're talking about relationships and being friends with someone, individuals have to know how to be friendly. There's a lot of individuals that are just not friendly with nobody. And what do you do in those type of situations or when an individual is related to you and they're toxic? You know, I'm a mother of two and I have grandchildren and also have siblings. And I remember growing up, my mother would or in other mothers would try to make their kids be friends or would say you guys got to get along all you have is each other is that really true because what do you do when one of your family members just may be toxic or turn on you i was reading i had to send an email to my sister so i know she don't listen to my show even though when I read her email back, she said that I'd be slandering people, the family, and all of that. 
So I know I don't be slandering nobody, so I know she don't listen to the show. But I had to say something to her because when we talk about these toxic relationships, you want to bring things to people's attention. Now, I tell individuals, even other therapists, no one is really responsible for how you feel but you. You have to take ownership of how you feel. Now, that don't mean that your feelings are not valid. That doesn't mean that someone didn't hurt you or someone may have done something to you. There's a a guy, and I like using his information, his name was Charles Swindoll, and he talks about attitudes. And the one thing that he says in regards to that, and I always take it to heart when I'm working with my clients, is in life, it is 10% of what a person do or say to you, 90% how you react and respond. Basically, it's up to you. How are you going to act and respond to what another person has done or said to you? Sometimes individuals take it with a grain of salt. I learned over the years to just realize some people just don't know no better. So if you don't know no better and you struggling with your feelings, your emotions, and, and your way of life, that's on you. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't tell a person, you know, hey, what you did or what you said the other day, you know, really bothered me, and I would just like to bring it to your attention. And it's okay for a person to apologize. It it really is. But don't say you sorry if you have no idea what you're even supposed to be sorry for or what, you know, you may have got it maliciously. You may have, it could have been unintentional. But when we start talking about these things, a lot of times what happens is there's an old saying, and it goes, hurt people hurt people. And I found that to be true, and many individuals have. And even though today is Tuesday, and when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch, there are individuals that have talked about church hurt, where they go to church, felt like they was offended or hurt in the church. Happens. Now, When I think of unfriending, I think of social media. It seems like social media has been real up in people's business, what I call being relational. (laughs) She said, I have so hard. I I laugh so hard. You must listen. Okay. All right. You know what, Dorothy, I saw that, but you can also call in on the show and help me with this because you know about unfriending toxic relationships too. So, You know, when I do these shows, I reach out to individuals, and I know I'm waiting at the last minute to put it out. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting here now just posting, posting, posting as I'm going along because I don't know why I keep saying I'm going to do better and I'm going to stop procrastinating. But by that same token, I be having a million and one things to do, but I still get it done. Now, getting back to what I was saying, I think about social media, and I think about unfriending. The first time I ever got unfriended, was by my niece. My niece unfriended me. I was like, well, I don't get to see none of her. I was unfriended. I'm like, really? And then the second time I got unfriended, it was my auntie. I'm like, okay. So we do that with social media. And for some reason, individuals may feel some kind of way about some things or whatever the case may be. And they want to block you, unfriend you. But social media has been the tools for that. Now, I also saw on social media the other day, uh-oh, was trying to reconnect, in case you got about to lose me on Facebook Live, which is fine, 
I also saw some things on social media that kind of gave me confirmation as it relates to today's topic. And I'm looking for it so that I can read it to you guys because there was a lot of different things that I was seeing. One of them is said, my auntie had posted something. It says, your circle supposed to not to be proud of you, not jealous. So when we start talking about toxic relationship, what makes a relationship toxic? Is it the jealousy? Is it the envy? Is it the strife? And some individuals don't even know what strife means. But you have some individuals that will connect with you only to get what you got. Or they don't want you to have anything. Sometimes people would just be your friends knowing that they don't like you. I used to say, and came from my grandmother, I used to say this thing, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I learned. If you my enemy, if you don't like me, leave me alone. Don't call me, leave me alone. If we gotta be somewhere, I see you. What they say, I love you with the love of the Lord. But don't be in my space if you know you don't mean me no good. I won't be in your space. I don't have no hate for nobody because I don't want that juju on me. But by that same token, if I'm picking up a weird vibe or whatever the case may be, or somebody might be holding on to something. You know what? This ain't going too well, so we need to part our ways. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay to disagree. It's not okay to disrespect. So when I saw that my auntie had posted this, and I said, this goes well with my topic today, and it gave me confirmation. Now, not only did it give me confirmation, it kind of put things in its proper perspective because it seems like a lot of individuals are going through this. Another thing that I saw on Facebook that I saw, and it was interesting, and um, somebody, it was posted, I found out you got to check people early. You let one thing slide, and people think it's cool to ice skate. Meaning sometimes in relationships, individuals will either go along to get along. They don't say anything. They People just take advantage of individuals. Like I said, I I talk a lot, but a lot of times, I mean, I'm not purposely trying to hurt nobody's feelings, but I know that there were some things being said, and I didn't respond, didn't say nothing about it, got to the point, I had to let them know. This is so not cool. And it's sad because individuals are going to have their own perception about things, and that's okay. Because I can live with it. Can you? That's a good question. Can you live with it? Now, another thing that I saw, and um, I hope that Pastor Gino Jenny's call in. And if if not, if you're on Facebook, Pastor Gino Jenny does a lot of prayer meetings, prayer things. He's on Facebook faithfully. He is a pastor. Listen to some of the things that he talks about. And what I saw that he posted uh, three days ago, it said, Keep people in your life that truly love you and encourage you. If you have people not doing anything, let them go. A lot of times individuals hold on to people because they think they have to or they say they don't want to be alone. But if that person is not encouraging you, not learning something from that person, and the things that come out of that person's mouth is negative, or they always complaining about something, 
You know, I learned a long time ago, if a person talks about you to somebody else, they will talk about you to somebody else too. So don't be getting caught all up in that. Now, another thing I saw on Facebook, and someone posted, Father, forgive them, but they don't know what they do. In Jesus' name, amen. We see a lot of that because some people just don't know no better. Then I saw something, and it was somebody, Tupac Shakur quoted, and someone said, so sad but very true. And it says, some of the greatest hurt will come from people you've helped. That ain't no lie. People that you've been there for. I heard it said before, three people in life you're going to remember. The person that was there for you when you was in a situation, a person that wasn't there for you when you was in a situation, and the person that put you in that situation. You will remember that. Now, when I'm talking about all these different things, and it was, it was another one that I saw on Facebook, and I, I, can't, um, I can't find it, but I, I'm going to find it because I'm determined to read it because it was one that really got things going. So another one, it says, call me old school, but everyone should not be allowed in your house. See, you didn't let them get too close to you. My grandmother used to always say, don't, don't, um, don't, don't let your butt, well, somewhere your head got to go. In other words, you don't want people all up in your business where they all up in your house and they see how you're doing things. So not everyone should be allowed in your house. That's true. Then um, I saw something, and um, I'm trying to find it. But I want to go back to when we start talking about unfriendly toxic relationships. And I want to say, Sean, happy birthday. I really enjoy your birthday party. You know, she had the bull. She had the water slide. She, she had go-kart. She had a train. She went all out for her birthday. She had a good time. But I could not. They, uh, and I saw on Facebook, they was partying until 1 o'clock in the morning. Jeanette couldn't do it. When, it. when nighttime came, Jeanette had to take her over at home, but my body was hurting. I just couldn't do it. So when we start talking about friendships and when it comes time to unfriend toxic relationships, I had a conversation yesterday with one of my childhood friends, and we really had a good conversation because I called him, and I didn't even know he was coming to town, but he came to town. And I enjoyed our conversation. And I was kind of upset about something that I had heard that had happened because sometimes when things happen within families, sometimes it's hard. I didn't say hard. Sometimes you struggle with whether you should forgive that person or not. And forgiveness is a choice. You don't want to hold on to it. But I do want to say I saw that his brother had posted something. So I guess that people got on him so bad that he had to go on Facebook and he posted it. And I don't know, Big V, but he did right. You, big brother, I love you, but you know what's up. I'm the only one that can put hands on you. My AG family love, love you all, and his nephew. Call me by noon or later. Now, part of this is I was upset because it's okay if you don't care for a person or if you don't want to go to their wedding or if you don't want to be in their wedding or you want to talk bad about their kids or whatever the case may be, find it handy if you choose not to go around or whatever. 
But to put your hands on another person, now you done took it to a whole nother level. Now, people that know me, I'm going keep my distance because I don't, mm-mm. don't you put me, don't you hit me, because I hit back. So, <laughs> and I sure ain't trying to catch no case because some people is not worth my freedom. But by that same token, I'm not going to get closeness for somebody to think that they could just put their hands on me because I don't care how you're feeling or what you're feeling about something, you better keep hands to yourself. And I press charges. So I want you to know that I will call the popo and press charges. So when we start talking about unfriending and unfriending um, toxic relationships, I'm still, okay, here it is. This is what I found. Someone had posted, and this kind of got the ball rolling. And it says, a bunch of jealous spirits are hidden inside of people that you call friends and family. So you better stay woke. When I saw that, and I'm putting this on Facebook for those of you that hadn't seen it, that was deep. Stay woke. Because if you don't stay woke, then relationships can eat you alive. And they can consume everything within you while you still trying to figure out what did I feel this way? And it's not for you to figure out why a person feels the way that they do because there's really nothing you can do about it. Now, when we start talking about um, biblical terms, I'm looking at some information that I wanted to share with you guys because a lot of times when we talk about toxic relationships. Now, what makes a relationship toxic? You know, is it that somebody says something? Is it that somebody's done something? Because many individuals have done a whole lot of things to people in their family, and it makes you kind of wonder, was it done on purpose? Was it malicious? Or or basically what that's about. Now, I'm looking at some information, and it says that, and it's coming from an article, and it talks about 38 signs that you're in a toxic relationship and tips for, fi- tips for fixing it. Now, all relationships, some people say, can all relationships be restored? Some can. But it depends on what happened. It depends on if the person is willing to let some things go and move forward. It also depends on the other person. Because we have individuals that are narcissistic. We have individuals that are covert narcissistic. Some individuals have mental health issues. Some people have drug alcohol issues. There could have been abuse. So I would never tell a person to go restore a relationship with one that may have sexually abused them. Why would you do that? You know, that you may want closure. You may want to, but sometimes you just can't be friends with everybody. And everyone don't need to be in your circle. Now, this is some information that they share, and it says, If you're in a toxic relationship, you may recognize some of these signs in yourself, your partner, or the relationship itself, what they call a lack of support, meaning when you're doing things and you would think that your friends or family would support you. I had a person tell me, or they asked me, they said, you know, do your family listen to your radio show? Some do, some don't. You know, I'm okay with that. And... When they ask me the question, I do have some family members that are very loyal. They'll be like, hey, why don't you talk about this? Or, you know what, they'll give me feedback. If it's feedback that's helpful, 
whatever the case may be. But there are some that do listen, and I appreciate that. Now, when we start talking about support, and we know support comes in a lot of different ways, I take time out of my day of seeing clients in order to share information with individuals. That's my way of offering support, and it's also very therapeutic for myself because I get to let go of some things, try to provide resources, support individuals, and talk about some things that some individuals may not feel comfortable even talking about. Now, with the lack of support, your time together stop being positive or supportive of your goals. Healthy relationships are based on mutual desire to see each other succeed in all areas of life. Why would you want to put a person down? Why would you, you know, it was so funny. I um, <laughs> after my incident today, when I read that my sister said that I'd be slandering my family and um, all these other negative things she said about me after I overheard a conversation that she had, she don't know what to do with that, but she wants to put it all on me. I can't, I'm not responsible for your feelings. I ain't responsible for your childhood. Now am I slandering nobody's name? Because if I said something, it would be the truth. And I don't know if everybody wants the truth to be put out for my perception of the truth. So I just don't say nothing. But I had to say something this time because it went too far. And now I know how you feel after you invited me to your house and told me to come out there. Really? Really? You want me to go to sleep in your house after? And this is how you feel? Ain't happening. So the lack of support. So if someone is not supporting you, and, it's, and it was funny because I was talking to my ex-brother-in-law, and I said, well, they're really going to be mad now because I just submitted some information to Oprah. Or they, all, all the doors that are opening, I just got invited to go and help somebody in Georgia. I just, But I'm not bragging, but there are individuals that are listening, and they appreciate this, whether my family do or not. Another thing is when you start talking about if a, your relationship is toxic, Toxic communication. Instead of treating each other with kindness, most of the conversations are filled with sarcasm, criticism, overt um, hostility, and one man start avoiding talking to each other. That's when you know it's time to unfriend this relationship because it's toxic. Another one is jealousy. Now, a lot of times, some people will admit to being jealous. Some people try to hide their jealousy, but it's going to come out. It's, it's going to come out. You can't hide it for long, and it's sad. Now, while it's normal to experience jealousy from time to time, one of the things that they explain is it can become an issue if you can't get yourself to think or feel positive about their success. It was said, I hope she happy, very happy, doing very well. Mentally, I don't know about physically, because my knee hurts sometimes. This arthritis is kicking my butt, but I'm okay. Financially, great. <laughs> you know, mentally, okay. So the thing is, sometimes individuals are jealous of other people, and they don't even know what that person is even going through. Before my stepfather passed away, he used to always tell me, because he talked to me a lot, and so did my parents. And he used to always say, you know, Jeanette, you don't tell people what you're going through. You don't share. I didn't need to because they couldn't help me. They can't be support me when they're going through it. I kept it to myself or I dealt with other people or I had other individuals pour into my life 
that was a positive influence on me. So I had no reason to be jealous of nobody else or if someone was looking at what I was doing or whatever the case may be. Because I'm going to tell you, last week I was so upset after some things. I was like, you know what? If my grandbaby wants a Mercedes, she go get a Mercedes. Then I think about it, I, uh, um, no, your grandbaby don't need to be going to a school and they think she all, and then it becomes a problem. So I had to think about that when we start talking about jealousy. Another thing is controlling behavior. Questioning where you are all the time, becoming overly upset when you don't immediately answer text are signs of controlling behavior, which can contribute to toxicity in a relationship. Sometimes in a toxic relationship, the other person wants to monopolize all of your time. And they get jealous and upset when you have other friends or when you want to be with family or you want to work or whatever the case may be. They want to know where you are 24-7. And that can also be dangerous. Then you have with toxic relationships, resentment. Resentment. Now, there's a, a big difference when we start talking about I don't like you, I resent you. But with the resentment, it's holding on to grudges and letting them fester. Now, over time, frustration or resentment can build up and make what was something really small become something big. Now, that's kind of what I saw and what I've been dealing with is that I'm learning that even in families, a lot of people are holding on to resentment. Why? Why? It makes absolutely no sense. You've been holding on to this grudge, and that grudge is eating you up. Sometimes we got to let that stuff go. Get some. I tell people one thing, some things you are not going to do. You are not going to disturb my peace. You are not going to mess up my sleep. And you ain't going to make me lose my appetite. Because <laughs> those things just ain't going to happen. No matter what's going on. I'm going to get me some peace. I'm going to get me some sleep. And I'm going to eat. I may not want to exercise, but the other things ain't happening. So another thing besides the resentment is the dishonesty. You'll find yourself constantly making up lies about your whereabouts or people. When you start talking about a toxic relationship, individuals are dishonest. There's a pattern of disrespect. Now, when we start talking about the disrespect, sometimes it could be something that seems real small or it could be really big. But when you have a person that is just blatantly disrespecting you, that person really don't care about you. So then sometimes we got to learn how to let some people go in our lives. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they gave birth to you. If my parents are toxic towards me, I'm going to separate myself. I'm not going to allow myself to be a part of that. Then you have the negative financial behaviors. What happens is the other person, there's a pattern where one might make financial decisions, including purchasing big ticket items, withdrawing large sums of money, without consulting the other person. People start fighting over money. And even, and one of the things that I want to say with families, money is a big issue. Money, religion, and sexual relationships. People mad because you took my boyfriend 
or you got all the money, or you make more money than us, or the education, or just, it's like, so then you have also, with a toxic relationship, constant stress. A normal amount of stress or tension runs in every relationship. But finding yourself constantly on the edge is an indicator that something is off and that relationship is toxic. Now, as you can see, I'm in home today, so I got some things I got to take care of tomorrow. When we start talking about stress, I'm not stressed, but my grandbaby, my first grandbaby, will be graduating high school. I could not get a limousine company to call me back, so I had to rent an SUV so that we all can go through the, the graduation or go to the graduation because this is a, it's going to be stressful for me, her mother, and Tisha because we're not used to this. This is our first one. But we're going to do the best we can to make sure that she get off to a right start. And it seems like she's been more stressed than any of us have. And she don't really need to be stressed out. All we need for her to do is keep her head on right, do what she's supposed to do, and go get her education. That's all she got to do. We'll take care of the rest. But if you're dealing with constant stress and you're dealing with a person that's constantly stressing you out, or you're breaking out in highs whenever that person coming around, leave that person alone. Leave it alone. Another one is ignoring your needs. Going along with other individuals just because you don't want that person to leave you, mm -mm. don't ignore you. Take care of you. Self-care is very important. And lost relationships is huge. Now, a lot of times individuals say, well, why would a person deal with those type of relationships? For a lot of different reasons. A lot of different reasons. You know, some individuals are finding it hard to be alone. Some individuals are people pleaser. Some individuals have codependency issues. Now, when we start talking about biblically, that's not what Christ meant when we start talking about, are you your brother's keeper? or having what's called Christ-like relationships. Now, we know, we talk about Judah, there, even in the Bible, there were people that betrayed individuals. There were some toxic relationships. Now, the Bible really don't speak much in regards to, you know, we talk about Satan, we talk about the devil, we talk about demonic spirits, we talk about Resist the devil and the devil will flee. So we talk about all those things. That's a form of which we can separate ourselves from some things. But when we start talking about how do we know it's toxic, did Jesus really know he was being betrayed? Did he really know that everybody really did not like him? You know, or was he just going along to get along? So as we're talking, because like I said, I wasn't kind of prepared for all of this. And so I'm going to look something up. When it talks about, are you... Are you your brother's keeper? Because I want to see what it actually says about this, because we see it in movies. We see it where, you know, my grandson and I, he likes watching movies with superheroes, and, you know, he always want to go after the bad guy and, and save the world and all of this stuff. And I was telling him, I, I like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is going to call it and spin around, and I like her outfit. Now, it's from the Bible with the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis, where when Cain asked, am I my brother's keeper? But he was really saying, my brother, 
is not my problem. Wow. Ain't my problem. A lot of times we, in a toxic relationship, we make other people's problems become our problems. Or if the person feels like they're not getting the support that they want, they're angry with you, or they're upset with you, but some things just it ain't your problem. It kind of goes back to the, I never forget, I had a friend who used to say, he learned when he was taking a parenting class, whose problem is this? Some people come to you and they toxic. Some people come to you and they messy. And some individuals want you to fix their problems. Can't do that. I, I can't. Got my own stuff going on. Now, even it talks about, ooh, heard some sounds. You know, when it talks about, am I my brother's keeper, I always thought, meaning, I got your back, I'm there for you. You know, some people say, whatever you need, let me know, but then they tell you they need something, and then they be like, well, I really wish I could help you, and they can have it and still not help you. But that's okay. That is really okay. Because when you say that God is my provider, he going to give you what you need. So being, I'm going to, I'm looking up some other information because I want to talk about, we start talking about being Christ-like, being loving. What is a friend? You know, when we start talking about loving a person or if a person is being positive in your life, and one of the things it talks about is, and it, it comes from the Bible in regards to what does the Bible say about being Christ-like? They talk about unconditional love. A lot of times individuals say for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in hell, but do they really do that? Do we really got to go through all of that? Is it toxic? Is it healthy? Um, having a prayerful life, forgiveness, humility, and Jesus studied the word of God and having compassion for individuals. When you find that you are in a toxic relationship, you're not going to find no compassion. Control, self-control. Now, when we start talking about, because um, I want to go into friendship, some of the things that I have wrote down in regards to how do we develop friendships? You know, when we start talking about being in a relationship, what is your relationship like with God? What is your relationship like with your higher power? You know, that's a very important relationship. And what is your relationship like with yourself? How do you treat yourself? Do you give more love to other people than you give to yourself? Are you so needy that you feel you got to have everybody make you the center of attention? Or can you just give other people a compliment if they're doing a good job? So we start talking about how do friends or how do friendships develop or how do you find, find friends? When I was in elementary school, and I know I was bad with this, basically all my friends looked alike. They did. Now, I had a lot of male friends. My male friends were kind of opposite because I was more tomboyish. And, you know, my, my friend, when I was at the at the, the place on Saturday, he, he broke out and told my daughter, yep, your mama was a bully. She was a bully. She was a bully. And I tell individuals, I was a bully who bullied bullies. So if other was being picked on, they'll come get me. They knew, like I said, I'm the Wonder Woman. You know, go spin around and I'm going to beat everybody up or whatever the case may be. So I was that type of person. I didn't just go pick on you for no reason, but I didn't like to see other people get picked on. 
Now I'm older. Hell, I've got arthritis. I can't even ball my fist up. It hurts so bad. But if somebody piss me off, I might bust up enough strength, you know. So when we start talking about friendships, it's very important somewhat to have friends in your life. But we're going to, we not only a friend, when we start talking about friendship, one of the things we're talking about is the emotional or conduct of friends, the state of being a friend. Some individuals are not friendly. They're really not. Some individuals may have been hurt. Some individuals may be okay with being a loner. But when we start talking about toxic relationships, how can you be friends with someone that's unfriendly? You know, my daughter and I, we had a good time Saturday, but I wanted a, I had a hot dog, a hot link, and I was looking for a hot dog bun. <laughs> and I saw a lady with a hot dog bun, and I went to the lady, I said, excuse me, but where'd she get the hot dog bun from? She said, oh, they're over there in the bag. I went over there, didn't see no bag with no hot dog bun. But then later on that day, my daughter and I noticed she had two hot dog buns by her. My daughter and I, because we catch on to things real quick, we looked at each other like, she knew she had the hot dog bun. <laughs> Hell, I'd have given $5 for a hot dog bun. You know, but the problem is she didn't want to share her hot dog bun. And that is okay. I did not have a problem with that. But it was just funny because she didn't know me. I didn't know her. I politely went over there and asked her. And she, oh, they're over there in the bag. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I get over there. Ain't no, ain't no bag over there, but she had it by her, her two, two little uh, hot dogs, you know. So when we start talking about friends, there are different types of friends and even with relationships. So a lot of times individuals will connect with individuals and not even determine what type of friendships that they may have. Now, when we start talking about, and they're talking about a typical kindergartner dialogue might go someone like this, oh, I like you. Oh, I like you too. I want to share also, even when we was there at the park, there was a, a little girl that came to the park, and um, Ryder was trying to talk to her. That little girl was just ignoring Ryder. She wasn't paying him no attention. And Ryder was just trying to get to know her because she was the only kid besides the kids that he saw on the swing that he was playing with on the playground. So he was just trying to engage and communicate with the little girl. So by the time we got ready to leave, the little girl then comes up to Ryder and was trying to be Ryder's friend, and Ryder started ignoring her. And I'm like, this is something that we have to teach our children at a young age about friendship, communication. Now, when they were sitting down eating, Ryder was asking the girl how old she was, and she acted like she didn't want to talk about it. So I was trying to initiate a conversation to, so that Ryder wouldn't feel like, well, Granny, she's ignoring me. I know she's ignoring you. I'm watching her ignore you. But she just didn't want to be friendly at that time. She, I guess, had to warm herself up. So sometimes we start talking about little kids. They say that little kids make friends much easier than grown folks. But kids learn from grown people. They really do. Now, some individuals hit it off. I heard Joe Osteen say, People do this when you first meet them. They tell you what they think you want to hear. Then they're going to tell you what makes them look and get to the truth. Now, when we start talking about friends and friendship, they have what's called, and I'm getting this from localmedia.com, they have an image of friendship pyramid that they created. 
And in doing so, they did a research on the topic of friendship. Because we start talking about friendship, that's how we start developing our relationships. And one of the things, that, and this is coming from the first name is Dr. Miles Monroe, and he talks about the different stages of friendship development, which are strangers. I remember my mother used to tell me, Jeanette, stop talking to the winos. Stop talking to strangers. I'll go up to them because I was very friendly. I said, what's your name? And they'll tell me. I said, Mom, that's not a, that's not a stranger. His name or her name is so-and-so. But we have, and now we have what's called, and we teach our kids stranger dangers. Because, no, you should not just be going and talking to strangers. But by that same token, when you don't know a person, the person is a stranger to you. So we have the stranger. Then we have the acquaintance, meaning there are people that you know, that you may have had contact with. Like I said, I'm there with a man, that man didn't see me in 43 years. We were 12, basically, last time we saw each other. We ran into each other at an event. I didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was, you know. But when I went to the park and I walked up to my uncle and my uncle said my name, he was Jeanette Brooks. Yeah, I'm Jeanette Brooks. You know, and it brought flashbacks from the, the last time we saw each other was in the sixth grade. So you got acquaintances. Then you have casual friends. Now, sometimes we get our casual friends kind of confused with our close friends and our intimate friends. Now, the intimate friends are the ones that you normally spend more time with because you're more intimate with them. They know, they know more about you. They come to your house. They eat your food. They, they do all these things. But, you know, with the intimate friends, you're connected to the soul, so they say, but you have a very close connection. And there are also individuals who you are familiar with. Over time, you can share experiences, you can share your important vulnerability, and through the vulnerability, that is a friendship where it reaches that stage. Now, at this level, it has shared, or they have shared their deepest secret, such as their biggest insecurity sometimes, um, how they feel about each other, but the problem is, what if you're doing that with a person who is toxic? When do you know to leave it alone? Do you say, I'm a Christian, it's not Christ-like, I'm going to love them like with the love of the Lord, I'm going to love them from a distance, you know, um, they said some things about me, I'm going to forgive them, but I'm going to let them do it again. So when we start talking about ending toxic relationships, a lot of times that is very difficult for individuals. And partly because for it could be for a lot of different reasons. Now, if you are watching on Facebook Live and you want to call in on the show, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Because I want to know how do you unfriend toxic relationships? You know, um, I had someone contact me on Messenger, and this person kept getting on my nerves. And I kept telling the person, I don't chat on Messenger. I don't give up my private information. The man got so mad at me, he straight up said, you don't like Africans? And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, where is that coming from? But I wasn't going to even argue with the person. But then the person told me to um, just unfriend me so I don't have to look at your ASS. 
thought about it, I said, you got some issues. Then you ask you for some money to help pay for some kind of school. You're talking about you going to in Africa. So a lot of times individuals, when you start talking about ending a toxic relationship, sometimes individuals don't want to get their feelings hurt or he told me I whatever, I lowered his stuff to say, I even know you. Stop sending me messages at freaking midnight. Now, I'm looking at something, and it is coming from prevention.com, and it talks about 10 ways to end a toxic relationship. Here's how to say bye-bye. That's for good. And this article was actually written by a person by the name of John Patrick Hatcher. Now, when we start talking about, you know, we know that people make mistakes. We know that things happen in life. We know sometimes people distance themselves from others, whether it's a friend, whether it's a partner, whether it's a colleague, whether it's a church member or whoever in your life. Sometimes, or even family members, they all can be toxic. And sometimes people feel entitled to be disrespectful. No. You do not have to allow another person to come into your space and disrespect you, especially when you respect yourself. Now, again, there are, we talked about some of these things, many types of toxic relationships, such as ones that's controlling, some that are manipulative. And you know the, the sad part about a manipulative one? Most individuals don't even realize that they were manipulated until it was too late. They didn't realize that it was a one-sided relationship that that person was only around you to get whatever the heck they wanted to get from you or drain you. I remember my mother used to tell me, Jeanette, so-and-so ain't your friend. She only comes around because these boys come over here. If it wasn't for all these boys coming over here, they wouldn't be your friend. And I'm thinking that these young ladies really wanted to be my friend. But I had friends that met their husbands on my porch, you know, friends that would hang around me, and they met so. I did not realize that, but my mother brought it to my attention. So that manipulation, that manipulative spirit, negative, uh, negativity, can't deal with negative people. Self-centered, making it all about them. Narcissistic, dishonest. I can't, I can't. If you're constantly lying all the time, mm -mm, I can't, I can't do that. Another one is in security. Individuals have real bad insecurities that can also lead to a toxic relationship, abusive, whether it's physical, verbal, emotional, sexual, financial, toxic. You're just abusive. Blaming other people for how you feel. Everything is everybody else's fault but yours. Very demanding. You'll find that sometimes in a toxic relationship, individuals can be very demanding, very, and people didn't even realize this, competitive. Everything has to be a competition. You compete for, with every, for everything. Really? We got to compete? I go get a truck, you want a truck. I go buy, you, I ain't got time to be competing with you. So when we start talking about the only competitive, someone that everything is a secret. Don't tell nobody. Don't. Mm-mm, something wrong with this picture. Or they're just dramatic. Call them drama queens. Any of you out there have people in your family that are just drama queens? Are your children, everything just got to be overly dramatic? 
that is a problem. So in order to unfriend a toxic relationship, you got to realize first what type of of toxic relationship you're in. You have to recognize that you're in a toxic relationship because, like I said, the manipulation, some people don't even realize it. Now, what happens is, in one of the in this article, it reads that they may exhibit excessively charming and integrating behaviors. Oh, they're very charming. Everybody loves them. You know, they're so sweet. They're so kind. They're so nice. You better watch out because you about to get bit by that snake. <laughs> You don't even see it coming. That's why I've learned to just shut my mouth, be quiet, let it be what it's going to be. Because the one thing I've learned, even in therapy, I don't tell people who to be with, who not to be with, who to associate with, and who not to associate with. I don't tell my friends, this ain't your friend. I don't do that. Because the more you try to do that, the closer that person going to be to that person. So, I, hey, you can stay out of your own. Like I said earlier, my mom used to say, keep living. You'll figure it out. So individuals will will basically exhibit excessively charming behavior. And they use the silent treatment as a means of control. So what happens is they act like they just go start talking to you. Really? Well, you know we ain't talking to them up. I didn't realize it was that long. (laughs) Another thing of recognizing you in a um, toxic relationship is They force you to mind read and guess. Then they act vindictive when you're wrong. They use poison delegations asking you to do something for them, saying they can't do it for themselves. But whatever you do is met with harsh criticism. Oh, my God. I have family members. They used to be like, but I can't do it. I used to be like, well, if you can't, I can't either. Well, they just, mm -mm, I I ain't getting caught up in all of that. Another thing is they constantly correct you. They lie to you. Not only lie to you, but lie on you. And they use projective identification. The abuser treats you as if you did something wrong. And if you deny it, they confirm your behavior as justification for the accusation. It's like, really? All this going to be turned on, on this other person, and you know you. But there's a saying that when you point the finger at somebody, you got four, a th- three fingers and a thumb coming back at you, but you still busy trying to blame somebody else for something for something that um, they, they, they really didn't do that. You're doing it to yourself. Some individuals use sexual manipulation, and they use denial to convince you their actions are to help you become a better person. I used to say there is nothing really um, good about constructive criticism if it's constructive. Now, it is common to be in a toxic relationship even without being aware that the relationship is toxic. Like I said, it could be marriage, romantic relationship, work, church, all those different things. One of the things you want to do is you also want to look for patterns from childhood. In most toxic relationships, you're going to find a pattern from childhood. And some individuals, even in therapy, they say, well, why we got to bring up childhood? What do my childhood got to do with that? That's that blueprint. You learned it. It happened to you. You experienced it. You have to validate it. But sometimes you have to go back and you have to reinvent yourself. You know, I tell individuals, it's okay to go back, but don't stay there. 
So part of that, when we start talking about the um, types of, of toxic relationships that are most concerning, like I said, most of them come from childhood. Your upbringing extending to adult relationships is where you find lovers who fill your void or what you're looking for. And a lot of times you don't find it because you don't even know what you want. You also, when we start talking about um, preparing for your finances, many relationships that are toxic include with family remain toxic because of financial control. Money. When somebody dies, oh, hell break out. I tell individuals, worry about your stuff when you die. Even though you ain't going to worry about it then because you're gone. You got so many people fighting over stuff that makes absolutely no sense. I tell I tell my daughter all the time, and my daughter always say, Mom, something happened to you, I wish him the best. <laughs> Don't nobody want the bills? <laughs> that is so true. Don't nobody want no bills? Don't nobody want to run these offices? Don't nobody want to deal with staff? It may look good. It may look easy. They don't have a freaking clue. You know, and that's the funny part about it, because people be, give me, give me, loan. I'm going to say, loan me, give me, let me have. But you don't want to do the work for it. So money, people fight over money. They say money is the root of all evil. It's not the money. It's the love of money. So when I hear things or people start talking about money and finances, hmm, that's a problem. So another thing is when you start talking about unfriendly toxic relationships and getting out of the relationship, seek outside help. Sometimes individuals can be in that relationship for so long, they don't know what to do. They're used to it. They think that this is just the way it's supposed to be. Now, I want to say this. When it comes to couples counseling, and many individuals are not aware of this. Now, I don't know about pastoral counseling. Pastors may be able to work with individuals in the congregation to help them if they're struggling with things or if the relationship is not healthy. Because you've got to know the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy relationship. It's very important to know what's dysfunctional or sending the mixed messages. Sometimes in my practice to say what we don't defeat, we repeat, we will, because there is that pattern that we learn from childhood that we carry over into our adulthood. There's that unresolved trauma that some individuals that they be holding on to, which kind of spills over into toxic relationships. So seek outside help. Now, it is illegal and unethical to do couples counseling with a couple, married or unmarried, if domestic violence is present. Because partly is you don't want to put anyone in a dangerous situation to when the therapy is over, they go home and fight or perhaps kill each other. So even as a therapist, if I start picking up these signs or I start seeing things that kind of, I'll let them know, you know, you may need to go seek individual counseling. They may need to go seek individual counseling so that two of you can work on your own interpersonal issues and the baggage that you find that you're bringing into this relationship. Because apparently pointing the finger, blaming someone else, it's not helping you guys move forward. You stuck. And a lot of times individuals are stuck, it's because they're stuck in the past or they're stuck in their pain. So they're going to have to work through some of those things. And that's not always pretty. It's not always comfortable. And some individuals don't like to feel vulnerable. And it's not that you're being vulnerable. You're trying to work out some things. Otherwise, you're going to keep repeating these same behaviors and you're going to keep treating other people 
the way you was treated, even your own children. Even after we say we're not going to repeat these behaviors, we do it subconsciously and sometimes on purpose. So seek outside help. Also, speak up for yourself. Many individuals ignore adverse behaviors simply to avoid confrontation or because using reasons and rationale with someone irrational can prove useless. They say you cannot reason with an irrational person. Don't try to argue with a person that's drunk. You wasted your time. That's why I'm shaking my head now because a lot of times when I'm around people, especially my family, I just shake my head or I would just go to sleep or I'll just leave or just won't show up. It's like, really? You want me to debate something with you? And you want a whole nother level knowing that your brain is right? No. I'm not going to waste my time. But speak up confidently and say that you do not condone the disrespect directed towards you or any particular instance of verbal abuse or whatever the case may be, but you have to speak up for yourself. You can let them know by using I statements. You don't have to cuss them out. You don't have to degrade them. You don't have to like my nephew said, take it to the playground. You don't have to do all of that, but just let them know I'm not the one. I'm not going to let you know. And create boundaries and stick to them. Many individuals do not understand the importance of a boundary. You've got to set boundaries. You've got to let people know this is where I draw the line. Being assertive. If you're passive, you're going to be having some regrets or resentment of I should have said if I could have, would have, should have. If you are aggressive, now you're bullying individuals and demanding things and no, you don't do that. Be assertive. Firm but fair but flexible. Be willing to compromise. Be willing to negotiate. It don't have to be all about you. But by that same token, you don't have to allow someone to take advantage of you, especially with a toxic relationship. Hopefully that venom can diffuse itself and go on down the road. But it don't have to be taking it out on you. But create boundaries and stick to them. Now, creating boundaries isn't rude. Some individuals say, well, you know, that's being rude. I don't want to um, hurt nobody's feelings. I don't. But you hurt your own. You're allowing individuals to put you in compromising positions that you don't want to be in. Let them know. No. Just no. I remember my mother, it scared me. My mother used to tell me no was an answer just like yes. I said, but I don't like being told no. Well, sometimes I had to be told no to understand that, Jeanette, you can't have your way with this one. No. So when we start talking about these things, those are just some ways of doing certain things and prepare for the counterstrike. When it's clear to a toxic person that you're distancing yourself from them or cutting off the relationship, they may try to punish you by avoidance or they will redouble their efforts to keep the dynamic going. Some individuals are used to fighting. Some individuals like to argue. Some individuals like to self-blame. Don't get caught up in all of that. And if you can't break ties, limit the contact. Trust and believe that is very effective when you limit the contract, the contact. Meaning there are circumstances that require people to remain connected to a toxic person. You know, whether you're at work or whether it's a boss, whether you're sharing custody with your spouse or whatever the case may be, but you may choose to remain married to a toxic spouse in order to protect the children 
are from having them to endure the toxic relationship if they split custody. But by that same token, you do not have to react or let the individual manipulate you. So sometimes just, you know, just put yourself. I my um I'll never forget one of my son's baby mothers used to be like, if they only knew what I was thinking, if they only knew what was going on here. And I used to laugh because at one point I I always thought that everything required a reaction. Now that I'm older and more mature, mm -mm, I don't have to react and respond to everything you do or say. And try what they call the gray rock method. If you've been around the abuser, try to stay neutral and unemotional. (laughs) And use humor, too. I've got to throw humor in there. Because when you are unemotional and what they're doing and their tactics is not working, it it can't. But you have to put yourself in a safe place. So when we start talking about unfriending toxic relationships, it's a choice. And you can choose. You can still love a person, care about their well-being, but you do not have to let their venom poison you. It's not worth it. Now the time is up. So I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. If you have any topics that you want me to discuss, which someone already gave me one for Monday, you know, many individuals are going to be graduating from high school. They're going to be graduating from college, elementary school. People are going to be transitioning. So some individuals transition in a healthy way. Some individuals are very afraid. So I'm going to be talking about parenting and a parent's role when it comes to that transition, especially with their adult children. Now, I've talked about parent-child relational issues, parents and adult children, but a lot of parents are, seems as if they're still stuck because they're dealing with a lot of guilt because they don't know how to make this transition healthy because they don't want their child to fail, which no one should want their child to fail, but sometimes as a parent, we're doing too much. Like me talking about sending my grandbaby to school with a Mercedes. I had to think about that. I was like, that ain't going to be very smart. Because that right there is going to come back and kick me in the butt. So, mm-mm. but Taina, you'll be all right. You're going to be all right. So don't worry about it. So, again, talk to you next Monday. Until then, be safe. Remember, COVID is still out there. If you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, just use wisdom. And thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Until Monday, remember, you've got this. Bye-bye.